Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Are We There Yet? I'm Katie Gossett. And when babies are born, they reach out for what they want. Usually that's us, or maybe the breast if they're hungry. But later it might be toys or things that others have. Fly your own helicopter. A new Lincoln Silver Streak Whirlybird. Boy, does she take off. Silver Streak Whirlybird... Saw... In this episode I'm talking about keeping up with the Joneses. It's kind of one of those old school expressions. And if you're not familiar with it, It's that idea of wanting what your neighbour has or what your friends have got. We've all pretty much experienced it and our children are no different. They'll say some friend, they've got, you know, Xbox and they've got PlayStation and why can't they have that? We've had a lot of kids who have left our school and gone to private schools. You kind of get this thing from your kids of, well, why can't I go there? This kind of competitive stuff can be frustrating from a parent's perspective, but... Here's the good news. Turns out it's quite normal. It's actually an evolutionary drive and it's completely developmentally normal to compete. We compete to fit in. Catherine Gallagher, our clinical psychologist. If we think going back to caveman days, you were far less likely to be eaten or starve if you were included. It was those that were excluded from the group that were much, much more vulnerable. So there's a reason why being in the us has some advantages. There's also a little thing called survival of the fittest. So if I have more than you, then my safety is almost more assured because I have power, I've got some control, I've got some extra stuff for me. And again, when we were more collective in our, the way we did life, that was taken to us as a group. It's become a little bit more like you and me, or me versus you. So you can see how keeping up with the Joneses, in fact competing and beating the Joneses, has become more important. Certainly my younger son, he wouldn't want to be wearing something that was the wrong type of shoe. If they were all wearing short socks, he'd want to be wearing short socks, do you know what I mean? Yes, yes I do, because we're all aware of it. That desire to compare ourselves with other people, and between social media and the pace of life these days, it all seems to have gone a bit crazy, and suddenly FOMO, or the fear of missing out, has taken over. Modern society has taken this tendency to compare and put it into overdrive. No longer do we have to limit ourselves to looking over our fences, but we've got social media. And guess what? The world we see online and in magazines isn't even real. And so we're bombarded with images to compete with that aren't even possible. And you can imagine what grief it can create. And Catherine says our frenetic lifestyle isn't helping. Most things are instantaneous. We order coffee on the way to the cafe on an app. We buy things on Hock. We get constant messages about the things we need, and I'm doing that in inverted commas. And all this stuff reinforces what is aptly known as PIG. Quick note about PIG. We've talked about it before, otherwise known as the problem of immediate gratification. It's one of my favourite of the psychological terms I've learnt since I've been making this podcast because it helps make rampant consumerism sound so unattractive. 
We don't have to sacrifice something to get something else. We can just get both, and we can get it now. The thing is, when it's our kids who want that immediate gratification, it's really hard to say no to them. So how can we avoid getting into these kind of situations? So in the calm, lighter day, set the boundaries and expectations before you find yourself in a high-risk situation like the warehouse. <laughs> I like the idea of the, the I like the idea of the warehouse being described as a, a high-risk situation. Well, you know, you go down the pink aisle or you go down the Lego aisle, and you know, if you're feeling a bit vulnerable and there's a sale on, you know, there's a whole lot of factors that you think, gosh, if I can avoid the tantrum, if I could put that away, or a lot of that stuff kind of starts to break down that idea, and the kid goes, well, that's fine if I want it. I'll get it. But the truth is, some children aren't going to get it because some parents can't buy their children everything they want and they have to somehow help their kids understand that. We don't keep up with the Joneses at all. <laughs> Ever since the kids were little, we've not really been able to afford a whole lot. Our school specified iPads. It wasn't just a tablet, it was an iPad. Why does it have to be this? This is expensive. We've got more than one child. People. My younger one asked if we were poor because we weren't going overseas like most of his friends were. That old chestnut. I've had that too from my children. Are we rich or are we poor? And what are you supposed to say? We actually had to kind of explain to him that we were fine, we could pay our bills, we did our holidays. But going overseas was something that for us would be more of an occasional thing. They know we're poor. <laughs> I mentioned it often enough. <laughs> we're not poor, really. No, we've actually been quite lucky where people have dropped off boxes of clothes and things like that. And my kids have actually fought over the, which clothes they want, even though they're second-hand. It's like, I like that. No, I like that. Because no matter what your circumstances are, there's always been that social pressure to look a certain way or behave a certain way, regardless of what decade you brought up in. For girls who like to look fresh and feminine, Cutex uncovers the bare essentials. Daring, daring new colours for the look that's essentially you. Fabulous colours, the newest, nicest nail polish around. No labels or anything in this house, they just be who they are. Just keep telling them they look really good and, and they've never ever worried about what everyone else is wearing, which I'm quite lucky because for girls, you know, it's fashion. But regardless of your situation, the reality is we don't always get what we want in life and kids just have to get their heads around that. Certainly around sort of 10, 11, you know, we are going, well, you know, that person's taller, that person's richer, that person's got that, and I haven't. So we're kind of doing that naturally. Now, even though we might feel a bit down as a result of, of a negative outcome of that, that feeling down isn't a bad thing. You know, because actually, how do we learn resilience? How do I actually either work harder to get that or, you know, focus on things that I am good at? So again, we come back to that message of we're raising our kids potentially to see negative feelings as a bad thing and they're not so even if the kids at school do tease and hassle then actually let's teach our kids to handle that and go get stuffed you know I couldn't afford it or, or you know I'm actually saving up for something even cooler you know have some strategies and some comebacks that actually support the child to be themselves and to manage that because if we always 
run interference and go, well, actually, because they might get teased, I'll get them this. How do they ever learn how to deal with being teased? I do say to the kids, if you want to make some money, you can do that. So um, my daughter's very good at that. She'll trade it on Trade Me. Ended up with the phone she wanted. So she had a plan with steps in it, how to trade up, 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 until she got what she wanted. The NZBC presents a sound picture of suburbia. Well, get my purse. <clears throat> um, how much do you want? 55 cents here. Here we are. Oh, thanks very much. Don't lose it. Oh. Does anyone else want money? Yes, please. I'll have some. Would anyone really say no to that? Certainly not a child. And in this fly-on-the-wall documentary back in 1972, it was 55 cents. Fast forward almost half a century, our kids are asking us for a lot more on a daily basis. What we actually need to do, what Catherine Gallagher's suggesting, is just take a moment. Sometimes if we stop and think and go, you absolutely can, but let's wait until next week. Or even once you've saved the money, we'll then go to the shop and get it. And the child then gets a chance to regulate, calm down, get away from the, you know, the, woohoo, I want it, and go, actually, do I really want it? So some of that is about buying time, as opposed to the item we've actually been asked to buy. But some of it is encouraging analysis. So getting them to look at something they like or are interested in objectively. For example, my children will sometimes say to me, such and such has a fancy house. And I'll say, well, what does that mean? What makes a house fancy? And I think, again, to be interested and curious and even to say, and and how does that make you feel about our house? Not from a point of view of apologising, I'm sorry we haven't got a fancy house, but it just elaborates the conversation. It allows the child to go, actually, you know, I can feel a bit uncomfortable and that doesn't mean I have to do something subtly to take that uncomfortable feeling away. Because, in fact, lots of kids are growing up in not fancy houses. Lots of families don't have a lot of money. Different priorities are going to be governing the way different families do things. So does that suddenly mean they're going to be unhappy all their lives? No, it's about saying, how do you inside your family work out what do we prioritise, what messages do we give about worth, because it's not all about stuff. And I think, you know, that can be a a harmful message that media, that, that we give, is that stuff equates value. And it just doesn't. In other words, we need to look at our own feelings. And for me, as both a parent and a member of the media, I need to think about what messages I'm giving off. It's normal for kids to be inquisitive and if I'm defensive about it or I've got an issue about the fact that my car's pretty crappy and I really want a bigger one, then actually maybe that's my issue and that would be something to kind of explore and go, how do I get to a point where I'm working on being more comfortable with who we are and what we've got because actually if parents are comfortable in that space, the kids get that message really clearly. Well, I just put it to them that we just don't have money to spend on all the things that your friends might have but just be who you are and you know you'll look good in anything it doesn't have to have some little tick or something on it to make it look good they are old enough now to recognize wealth in a different manner and wealth for us anyway is time you know we haven't gone on the flash holidays or anything but we've got the time to spend so that's a luxury that they do recognize we have a lot. The kids start thinking in a world sense of how much stuff they actually have. You know, we have a, a roof over our heads, a bed at night, food on the table. But I don't think it's very good to always want something that you haven't got because then you're never going to be happy, are you? 
So if we do want happiness for our children, and you know, hopefully most of us do, then we need to lay out our priorities as a family so they know who we are and by association who they are. As parents, where you can start giving your kids messages around, hey, we might not have lots of stuff, but the stuff we do have is really important and we've worked really hard for it and I'm really proud that we were able to, to save and get that. Or the stuff we have isn't even about things it's about family time, it's about holidays, it's about, you know, it's what you prioritise as a family. And that has value, and sometimes we forget that. And that's the show. Are We There Yet is produced and presented by me, Katie Gossett, Alex Harmer does the mixing, and Tim Watkin is our executive producer. And the lovely archival audio comes from Na Taonga Sound and Vision. If you want to hear more, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on our podcast page at rnz.co.nz. And while you're there, you'll find more great parenting advice in It Takes a Village, a series of interviews from our 9 to Noon show. Don't forget to join me next time. We've talked about tantrums once before, children's tantrums, that is. Now, it's our turn. So as parents, we're going to talk frankly about losing the plot. 